Welcome to the U.S.-China Insights Podcast from the National Committee on U.S.-China Relations, featuring short interviews with leading experts on timely issues affecting the U.S.-China relationship. On July 23rd, the United States government ordered the Chinese consulate in Houston to close with 72 hours notice. Less than a week later, the American consulate in Chengdu was vacated as reciprocation from Beijing. Harvard Department of Government PhD candidate and former diplomat Naima Green-Riley analyzes the motivations behind each government's drastic step, the possible implications for the region serviced by each consulate, as well as the consequences for the U.S.-China relationship as a whole. As a PhD candidate at Harvard's Department of Government, Naima Green-Riley's dissertation project focuses on U.S. and Chinese public diplomacy, merging theoretical work from the fields of political science, communications, and psychology. During her time in the Foreign Service, Naima Green-Riley was the public affairs officer at the U.S. Consulate General in Alexandria, Egypt during the Arab Spring from 2011 to 2013. She also served as a consular officer in the U.S. Consulate General in Guangzhou, China during the Obama administration's pivot to Asia from 2014 to 2015. Naima Green-Riley received a bachelor's degree in international relations with honors from Stanford University, and she was a Belfer Center International and Global Affairs Fellow at the Harvard Kennedy School, where she graduated with a master's in public policy. What do we know about the U.S. government's motivations for ordering the closing of the Chinese consulate in Houston? And who are the intended audiences for these statements, both domestic and external? Let's just start at the beginning. We know that last Tuesday, July 21st, uh, the U.S. government told the Chinese consulate that they should close all of their operations by Friday, July 24th. And so basically gave Chinese consulate in Houston about 72 hours to leave the city of Houston. And the stated reason for that, what Deputy Secretary of State uh, Stephen Began said, was that there were increasingly aggressive moves by China, such as commercial espionage, unequal treatment of our diplomats um, and other U.S. citizens who were doing business with China, and an abuse of United States academic freedom that had led to this decision to close the consulate. One could imagine with the current U.S.-China relationship, that argument being made about any of the places where the Chinese government has a consulate in the United States. So the Chinese government actually has several consulates. Um, And so people who have sort of seen this unfold have started to say that the reasons actually appear quite general and broad. And that's led many of us to start to think about why right now the decision was made to close the consulate in Houston. It's difficult to imagine that it doesn't have something to do with the increasing amount of competitiveness between Donald Trump and uh, Joe Biden. And so we know that there are now less than 100 days until the presidential election in the United States, and we know that Uh, China has consistently been used, even before this electoral race, as sometimes a scapegoat, sometimes a topic that um, is known to sort of rally up nationalist sentiment in the United States. And if that's the case, then it it can't be ignored that there seems to be uh, political motivation behind closing the consulate. Beyond that, we'll have to continue to monitor the situation to see if there were activities going on at the consulate that we didn't know about that also led to the specific closure of Houston. 
I actually want to talk a little bit about Houston and why Houston might have been chosen. Uh, so anytime you close a consulate, you do some sort of damage to a bilateral relationship. But some have thought that actually the choice to close Houston was made in order to take the least amount of risk. When you consider there are Chinese consulates in New York, Chicago, San Francisco, LA, and many have said that those other cities are actually more crucial to the US-China relationship. And so perhaps this is a move to sort of choose the one that will have the least impact. The US government, the Deputy Secretary of State and others have said that some of this decision um, is related to concerns about espionage, Chinese espionage in the United States. If there's something very specific about the extent to which that was happening in Houston, or the extent to which um, the Houston consulate was uh, causing that type of an activity, then that particular information has not been made abundantly clear to the public. Houston is, if not necessarily the city with the largest implications for the U.S. trade relationship with China, definitely a city of symbolic uh, significance. There's an iconic sort of video clip or picture of Deng Xiaoping, who in 1979 made his first state visit to the United States. It was right after the normalization of U.S.-China relations. And he's at a rodeo. He's wearing a cowboy hat. And actually, that visit actually opened up the path for Houston to be the city where the first Chinese consulate in the United States was based. So the consulate in Houston has always had sort of a historical symbolism and significance. Um, Houston's also the city where in 2002, Yao Ming, who is an iconic Chinese basketball player, was uh, recruited to play with the Houston Rockets. And the Chinese took a lot of pride in that. It opened up the doorway to uh, a pretty large fandom in mainland China for the NBA. And that uh, instance in itself linked, of course, to a much more recent incident in 2019, October, when the general manager of the Houston Rockets um, ended up tweeting a picture and some words about Chinese, uh, about protests that were happening in Hong Kong. And Houston was sort of at the center, the epicenter of all of this happening. And so symbolically, there's probably something there in the decision to close the Houston consulate. That's actually, that's so interesting. I never thought about the, the rockets and um, the symbolism, not just to, the, to, to Americans and American foreign policy, but also I'm sure the Chinese population, Houston, mean something to them through various, be it Deng Xiaoping or um, Yao Ming. They're, that's really interesting, that, that significance. So thank you so much for adding that. So I was wondering, on the, on the flip side, how has the CCP framed their order to shut down the U.S. consulate in Chengdu? Many suspected that after the U.S. government asked the Chinese government to close its consulate, that the Chinese government would reciprocate that did end up happening. Some suspected that actually the consulate in Wuhan would be asked to close, but instead um, the Chinese government chose Chengdu. Um, Chengdu is a, the capital of Sichuan province. It is considered to be about the same in terms of uh, its impact on the US-China trade relationship, but I think we have to see the Chinese government making the decision to ask the United States to close its consulate as 
a refusal to be seen as weak. And the need for the CCP to do that is completely centered around the need to be seen strong domestically. The way that sort of government to people relations uh, operate in the China is very much based on one of the state continually demonstrating its competence and ability to govern in a way that is best for Chinese citizens, in a way that, that projects Chinese authority, not only within China, but abroad. That leadership is unwilling to be seen as being uh, uh, forced into a corner by the Trump administration. What will be the cost uh, for Chinese and American foreign nationals uh, who are living uh, in Texas and Sichuan, which is the province where Chengdu is located? And what could be the cost for the regions themselves? So the immediate cost will be uh, the inability of people in Houston to apply for visas, the inability of having that access to the consulate and able to facilitate that travel. And while that might seem like a small part of a bilateral relationship, it's actually hugely important to uh, the relations between the two countries because visas allow citizens, for example, from the United States to travel to China, to create business ties with uh, Chinese businesses, to uh, engage on a cultural or people-to-people -people level with Chinese citizens. The Houston Chronicle did a great article just on this entire incident and found that there were 44 Houston firms that had a total of 113 branch offices in China at the time that this decision was made last week. Um, and there were 17 Chinese companies that had a total of 23 branch offices in Houston at the time that this occurred. And so that meant that companies are actually opening up in Houston in order to be closer to this consulate that could, uh, that could process their visas so that they could travel in between the two um, countries. Now, that doesn't mean that all of those companies that I mentioned, those Chinese companies that have offices in Houston have no recourse. It doesn't mean that all of those companies in Houston that have offices in China have no recourse. They can apply for visas through other consulates um, in the United States. But since those are further away, it means that they'll either have to use couriers or they'll have to make trips themselves to those consulates in order to process the visas, which is more work. So of course, it's something that's going to be felt uh, by those companies. And probably the smaller businesses are the ones that are going to feel those costs the most. It means that students who may have been going to Rice in Houston or to UT Austin, just a little bit away, who used to know that they had a consulate very close to them where if something happened, they could sort of make a phone call so that they could get support, for example, replacing a passport or just getting support for something related to being a Chinese citizen overseas. Now we'll have that there. In the larger scheme of things, I think that there are some grander repercussions for um, the decision that was made. So first of all, as I mentioned, consulates are at their core diplomatic missions or places where diplomacy takes place. If you systematically begin to cut down on avenues for diplomatic exchange, if you systematically begin to infringe upon the institutions that are created in order to really facilitate um, dialogue between countries, then I would say you're going to actually move into an arena 
where the only tools at your disposal are actually ones that are less focused on dialogue and perhaps more focused on some other type of interaction. And because the United States and, the, and China are increasingly in an antagonistic relationship, we have to ask ourselves, does that mean that we're going to start relying more on, on tools that would create greater friction if we don't have those diplomatic resources to draw on? Now, of course, there's a question of, in the rising tensions, how much productive, influential diplomacy was even happening between the two sides at this point in time. But absolutely, there's no chance that it's going to happen in a conflict that doesn't exist. And it's funny because as I'm speaking to you, something is coming to mind. I was sitting in some talk somewhere last week when I heard, I think, a former U.S. official use the term uh, burning the boats. And it's a term that actually is adapted from an old Chinese saying. There was a Chinese general who basically once in a time of war, instructed uh, his men to sink the boats and break all the kettles because they were going to advance, they were going to move forward, and he didn't want any turning back. And so there was this idea that in order to make sure that his men would fully commit to this course of action, you had to get rid of everything behind you, just decimate it all and just move forward. And certainly there's an aspect of closing up consulates so that they won't reopen that has sort of the same symbolism as sinking the boats. You know, we can't go back. We're really committing to this course of action. And one that actually seems like it's increasingly antagonistic. And I hope that that's not the case. I hope there is a way to change course at some point so that we can maintain some sort of a healthy and uh, productive and cooperative relationship with China moving forward. Um, but right now, we're just seeing one more action that will take away from our ability to do that. For more interviews, videos, and links to events like this one, visit us at www.ncuscr.org.